You just put your pickle on everybody's plate, college boy, and leave the hard stuff to me. Dirty Dancing, coming up next. Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool. I'm Justin. Today, I am super lucky because I am joined by two amazing young women. First, I'm going to say hello to my wife, Jana. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. And then we've got Lambert's wife, Megan, joining us. Thank you. So excited to be here. We are talking about Dirty Dancing, the 35th anniversary. I'm going to make a prediction. This is going to be the best episode we've ever recorded. Ever. Sure. Yep. Obviously, they both wholeheartedly (laughs) agree. Lambert's not here, so it's going to be amazing. So let's talk about Dirty Dancing. Initial thoughts. Megan, when did you first see this? I'll have to be honest. I can't remember. I feel like Dirty Dancing has been a part of my life forever. I kind of feel the same way. Jana, you? I would say same answer. I remember being probably too young to watch it. (laughs) So I think it came out in 87, uh, which means I was three. And I don't think I watched it as a three-year-old, but I was very, very young. Very young. Too young. (laughs) <laughs> too young. That's good so parenting five. by the Caselli family. The Caselli family, um, we, I, yes, I was watching all the R movies before. You guys had some hard life. stances on certain things, but then <laughs> for other things, like Halloween was bad, the but Dirty bad. Dancing, let's just watch that on repeat. Halloween's as bad. You can't paint your nails, but Dirty Dancing is, is appropriate. Is, yeah, it's fine. 100%. Well, it's the 35th anniversary, like I said. Dirty Dancing, the the creators, the producers, and the, and the writer of this movie, essentially when they decided to actually create this film they the first thing they chose was the title was dirty dancing and they said that's the million dollar idea now we'll figure out what the heck the rest of the movie is going to be about um before we kind of get into our categories some things we got to talk about uh, of course we got to talk about patrick swayze and his his impact he passed away in 2009 at, tw- at 47 of pancreatic cancer it kind of happened pretty quick i mean do, do, do jana do you remember this kind of being a thing in pop culture I did not. I remember him passing away, but I didn't know any information before it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Megan, when you think of Patrick Swayze, what do you think of? Well. Besides Dirty Dancing. Is that it? Just Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing. I mean, Patrick Swayze had an iconic 80s, 90s movie career with Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost, Point Break. Where I mean, you can just think of Patrick Swayze for yeah, tons those, of things. Those are all perfect answers. Can I uh, piggyback onto that for yeah. a moment and say probably my, I don't want to say first memory, but first, um, or I guess other memory of him was the Chippendales skit with Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. There you go. <laughs> that, uh, that might be the first thing I remember <laughs> him from, too. I don't know what year that was, though. Uh, that's in the 90s somewhere. I, th- I think the thing, the cool thing about Swayze is that if you think about his movie, sure, he's like an action star. He's a heartthrob. But really, he's got a pretty eclectic like range of f- as far as films he was in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just those four you just named. I mean, we've got we've got romance, we've got action, we've got dancing, we've got. He was in some sports films. He was in a, he was in a movie about uh, like post-apocalyptic U.S. Um, what was that movie called? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. Red Dawn, right? So he's oh, he's in oh all types right. of stuff. Um, Donnie Darko. He had a small role in Donnie Darko, correct? Right. I don't I don't know. Did he? Uh, if I recall correctly, he was a teacher or something in Donnie Darko. That may be way wrong. Scratch that if this is incorrect. No, keep it in. <laughs> well, needless to say, he was gone too soon, but um, what an awesome career he had. And let's kind of just tag it on to that. 
Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Like, is is I upon the rewatch, I don't know that I can think of another pair in a film that had more like obvious tense chemistry on screen. No, no, I, I think agree. they by far were paired perfectly for this film. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. We're talking about casting issues and challenges, but um, I'm really glad they decided to go with these two because they almost didn't. It was actually almost an issue. We'll just talk about it now. They almost didn't cast Swayze because Jennifer Grey and him had like a history, and they kind of hated each other. They were in Red Dawn together, and apparently she was like not into this dude. And um, I was watching this show called Movies That Made Us, and essentially they said Swayze like kind of pulled Grey aside and had like a 30-minute like crying session and basically worked it out and came out we're like all right we're gonna do it together we can we can get past those issues i think that's what makes it so good there's a scene in from that movies that made us that from the filming or maybe it was just the casting casting shots um where i know he's she's yelling at him about something and he's like get over here bitch just do it like it was it was very intense yeah and i think it really it it shines through on the screen obviously i think you know there's a fine line between like passion and 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 hatred and intensity and it really kind of comes through on the screen a lot so Awesome chemistry. One last thing to talk about. Well, two things really, but um, you know, not to be Debbie Downer, but the director also, Emil Artelino, he passed away in 1993 at the age of 50 of AIDS, and he, he did a few other things. But um, I think that there's a lot of like different documentaries too that talk about like he's kind of the perfect guy to 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 direct, and and the reason why is that back in the day, uh, some of these directors apparently were very regimented and like here's the shots we're gonna get and not a lot of outtakes, but he just kind of lets them lets him go, lets him cook on screen. And I think that's a lot of the cuts that he got from the, sh- the movie itself were actually him just rolling and then keeping some of those cut shots in there and then going with it. So I just think it needs to be mentioned about how awesome of a directing job he did. Yeah, Jana? Are we going to talk more about that later? Is that, in the, is that on the docket here? I would like to mention one scene. Go, talk about In particular, where they, then this was from the movies that made us, um, the, the, I think, very important scene where they're practicing the dance number and he's raising her arm over behind her head and she's giggling, laughing, that that actually was real. That was, he was getting frustrated with her because she kept laughing when he would tickle her armpit on the, on the way down. And then Emil just let it, let it roll, let it roll. And they came up with that when they left in the movie. Which like three or four shots of it. And, yeah. and it wasn't supposed to be that at all. It was supposed to be just the serious one and then move on. That little uh, dance scene on the top where they were just practicing or goofing off was also one. The Come Here Johnny. Oh. The Lover Boy. Mm, right? Wasn't it Lover Boy? That's uh Come here, Lover Boy. That's one yes, of my favorites. That one. Mickey and Sylvia yeah. singing Love is Strange. That's my favorite scene in the whole movie, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. I didn't realize that was not intentional. That was not intentional. Oh. Love it. This movie was produced by a little company known as Vestron Video. Have either of you ever heard of this before? Vestron. That's a hard note for me over here. Only from the from movies watching. that made okay. us. Before that, you never heard of it. So. Nope. Vestron was a VHS distributor, and they started making movies in 86. Apparently, before the 80s, these large production companies like Paramount and Fox, et cetera, they didn't actually make and produce their own films onto VHS. They hired companies like Vestron to do it because they didn't really see any value in it. They didn't think people were going to be watching these things at home, and obviously they were wrong. And at a certain point, they started making their own movies to distribute. And so Vestron was like, well, we got to pivot. And so they started making their own movies. So they've got... They've got actually a pretty good lineup here, but they went bankrupt in 1991. But before they did, they made this movie. They made a little movie called Princess Bride. I don't know if you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> they made Young Guns, which is one of my favorites. They made Earth Girls Are Easy. Have you, have you guys seen Earth Girls Are Easy? I have not. Oh, I it was have with not. G- Jim Carrey and uh, one of the Wayans brothers. Really good. And then they also made Twister, 
<laughs> which is a really awesome rewatchable film, obviously. If you haven't seen Twister, what are you doing with yourself? I didn't realize Twister was before DVD. I guess it was. I mean, Twister was, yeah, early 90s. Early 90s. Pretty close. So, all right, let's get into the categories. Real quick summary, according to IMDb. Spending the summer at a Catskills resort with her family, Frances Baby Houseman falls in love with the camp's dance director or dance instructor, Johnny Castle. This debuted August 21st, 1987. Again, about 35 years ago. It has a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. I thought it seemed less than that. I think that this is actually a pretty quick rot watch. Would you guys agree? Very fast. Yeah, and I, th- I guess there's just really no downtime in the movie at all. So I guess it, yeah, seems faster than that. Yeah, th- I mean, there aren't a lot really of parts, a lot of parts that I would cut out of it. I think that they do a pretty good job of getting right to it. Um, and like somehow setting the scene of like the family and, and, and baby's life just in like a car ride, right? And was all perfect. Of a sudden, yeah, you're like, okay, I get it. I get, I get what, what, where we are, what the setting is, what she's dealing with at home. BS rankings. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 69%, but an audience score of 90%, and IMDb gives it a 7.0. Jana, high or low? I think that uh, I have a question first about that. What is the difference in Rotten Tomatoes and the audience? Where's the audience score come so from? So audience would be like us. We could log in, and then the overall tomato meter, the 69%, takes into account critics and audience score. It's ah, like an average. That is, I think, very, very interesting because I will say watching this, rewatching this now as an adult with looking at it under the lens of analyzing, I guess I think mm, that bothers me that critics would have scored it so lowly because um, I think it's actually almost a perfect movie uh, cinematically and all the things. So I think that is very, very low. Uh, I would agree with maybe audience score of 90% is pretty good. What do you think, Megan? I agree, especially since, I mean, it's iconic. How could Rotten Tomatoes score it so now, don't get me wrong. I love a good, bad movie, mm-hmm. but this is definitely not one of them. This well, is a good, good movie. <laughs> I, you can go through some of the critics' reviews, and, and there are some newer ones, too, because people think they should go back and review things that were written in the 80s. And they should <laughs> right. I'll just go ahead and say that now. Yeah, but it's kind of – I mean, I think that that's I'm – sure th- I'm sure people would deem certain aspects of this problematic, but also it's a timepiece, so it's telling us what the story is – what it was like in the 50s. So I don't know how you can necessarily, like, call it – controversial because that's what how people act it's how it was <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a r- the right thing but it is reality how things were going on you can't recreate history only only make it better so um also um, some of those reviews are also people that are reviewing this in the 80s and quite frankly they're also probably pretty prude so they're probably like oh look at all this shirtless dancing so and much skin how dare oh, they man um and we'll, we'll talk more about like the abortion stuff in a little bit i, just, I don't want to get too heated too soon Next category, the Tarantino Award for Writing. This is written by Eleanor Bergstein. Uh, she also wrote uh, just a couple things. Um, it's My Turn, which was with Michael Douglas and Jill Claiborne, came out in 1980. And then Let It Be Me with Jennifer Beals, Patrick Stewart, 1995. Really haven't really heard of either of these. But, you know, a lot of this movie is based on her. She says it's not <laughs> her on her, but when we'll get into some details. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think she's basically telling kind of like a – a little bit of a story about her upbringing. There's some <laughs> autobiographical tendencies. Yeah, to it I mean, her sense. nickname was Baby. She went to the sc- cat skills in the 50s with her family, mm-hmm. and she was into dirty dancing. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, more on that later on. Do you want to add to something, Janet? If there's more coming, then I will. More wait. coming. I will keep Next that. category Spielberg <laughs> Award for Directing. We already mentioned this is directed by Emil Ardolino. He also directed Sister Act and Three Men and a Little Lady. Both fabulous movies. 
That's amazing. I don't believe until doing this uh, that I had ever heard his name before. So I don't mean any disrespect to Emilio Ardolino or her family, but I, I had never heard his name. And those are, I will say, this one and those two are some of my favorite movies. Just good old fun. I mean, Sister Act, my grandma thinks that she loves Whoopi Goldberg. She's obsessed with that movie. Not the play. Don't see the musical. That's garbage. But the movie itself, very good. Side note, before his grandma just moved from one apartment to another, she had a caricature of Whoopi Goldberg over her bed. That was the art that was in her bedroom. Well, that's and, fabulous. Which is amazing. So yeah. just a... <laughs> yeah, no family pictures. Fun but, fact. But Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, next category. So let's actually start some, making some choices here. The Tom Hanks Award for Best Leading Role. So we've got two nominees here. Jennifer Grey plays Baby and Patrick Swayze plays Johnny. Megan, who's who's better on screen? I've got to go with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Baby's a close second, but man just love Patrick Swayze in this movie. Jana, do you agree? Ask me that question again in the same words. Who's the better leading role? Who is better? I guess I got to go Swayze. Yeah, it's me it's Swayze. Let's let's I mean, <laughs> we, we don't have to debate it. Let's let's move on. Swayze wins that <laughs> award. Next category, the other four Jacksons. So this is for best secondary character and there are a handful here. We got Jerry Orbach plays Jake, the dad. If you don't know who Jerry Orbach is, New, younger people will know him as like one of the main characters from Law and Order. Cynthia Rhodes plays Penny Johnson. She's also she's also in Flashdance and Staying Alive. Again, she's like Johnny's like counterpart, the da- the really good dancer. Jack Weston plays Max Kellerman. He's from just a bunch of crap in the '60s. So he's he's the guy that is it's it's his it's his uh, resort basically. Um, Jane Brucker plays Lisa Houseman, so the mom. From mm. s- oh, oh, sister. Oh, s- sister, sorry, you're right, sister. Stealing Home, and she's also in Miami Vice, apparently. Not a lot of things. They, a lot of these people are not in a ton of stuff that we would know. Kelly Bishop plays Marjorie Houseman. That's the mom. She also plays the mom or grandma in Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we've got Lonnie Price, who plays Neil Kellerman, that dweeby little son. He sucks. He also beca- <laughs> he becomes a direct. He directed like Desperate Housewives, Two Broke Girls. Who basically like stops acting and becomes a director. So who's the best? Secondary character. Jana, you go first on this one. Define best for me here. Best actor or character? Sure. No. Um, <laughs> That's just yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's not a wrong answer I, here. Just who do you I, think? I think that Jerry Orbach as Jake, the father, is um, a perfect and beautifully acted character and I think the character is wonderful and he's done a really great job at it and he makes you fall in love with him but also get mad at him if you're looking at it from like a teenager perspective and it's well said I went Penny Penny because she's I'm the dancing queen because (laughs) yeah because of the dancing I'm the dancing queen now she still did her character fabulous but I was the dancing yeah yeah I think as far as like overall technical ability I think obviously Penny wins it but I think that Jerry Orbach, though. He was fabulous as the father as well. You really kind of get invested in him. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of get where he's coming from. But at the same time, you're like, man, that's just really old-timey. But, like, I don't know. He, he's, he, he does a really great job of portraying, like, that dad-type character in the 50s. So, all right. We can have a tie. Next category, backup singers. This is the deep gut characters. And honestly, I can only come up with one. But maybe you guys have more. I just had Wayne Knight, who plays Stan. So I have an addition. Now, I do think that Wayne Knight, um, as you guys will know him from as Newman from Seinfeld. Um, oh, he no, no. He's, he's, he's in Jurassic Park. Oh, I'm sorry. That's where we know Wayne Knight. No, he is probably from Seinfeld. But 
Jurassic Park. But yeah. <laughs> if we're looking to a bigger... All right, uh, fine, uh, uh, fine. He didn't say the magic he word. He didn't say the magic uh, uh, word. Um, I think he really, like, he's funny, and he just has one-liners throughout the entire movie, and it's amazing. But I want to add probably a, a dark horse here. The old couple, the Schumachers. I think are every time they're on screen, I look at them and I watch them, and they are secretly funny. <laughs> are they the ones stealing all the? They're shit? the robbers. Yeah, they're they're the, the ones stu- that are stealing all the wallets. Yeah. And I think watching it again, just trying to keep an eye on the Schumachers, they're always there, and they're just—it's like a Where's Waldo type of scenario, and yeah. it's kind of fun. You could have added the um, the guy that helped carry the watermelon. Oh, Billy. Billy. What, Billy. Yeah, Billy could have been a backup dancer. I have many things to say about Billy, and that's a really good addition there because I yeah. have I have more things to okay. say about Billy than maybe anybody in the whole movie. No, he, he was good too. <laughs> um, I still think it goes to Wayne Knight only because you go you look you watch it and you're like, oh, that's Wayne Knight. That's that dude. But agree. But Billy's not bad. Okay, so the John Williams category for music. So we're gonna do this a little bit different. First of all, John Morris is the composer. He's composed things for like. Blazing Saddles, High Anxiety, Young Frankenstein, and also Coach. So basically, he was he was essentially partnered up with. Um, uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, Cannot help. What the hell, Mel Brooks? He's partnered with Mel Brooks for a bunch of things, ah. and then Coach randomly. <laughs> but uh, what I want to talk about though is Jimmy Einer, who is was in charge of getting all of the songs for this movie. Which I think the songs in this movie make the film. Quite frankly. So my question to you is, what's the best song on the soundtrack? What's your favorite, either either your favorite song in general or like your favorite use of the song? So here here are the categories, or here are the, here are the nominations, the nominees. Be My Baby, Big Girls Don't Cry, Wipe Out, that movie, Hungry, or that song, Hungry Eyes, These Arms of Mine, You Don't Own Me, In the Still of the Night, the time of my life, and she's like the wind. You want to go? You want to add more? I do have an addition. Oh, okay. Do you just want my answer for this? What's What would be your addition? Okay, my addition is Love is Strange, like we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. from Mickey and Sylvia. Um, and that is actually my choice for the best use of a song. And I think, and, and Megan said that that was accidental or, or um, unintentional. I think that's amazing. So that's the part where they're kind of crawling around on the floor and just playing around and lip-syncing to this silly song. And it really, I think that is when you see the peak of Johnny and Baby's chemistry together. And it's when I think they become believable as a couple. And I think it's beautiful. Now, to answer my favorite actual song from this soundtrack, if I were just to listen to the soundtrack, These Arms of Mine by Otis Redding is one of the most beautiful songs in the whole entire world. Yep. Megan? If it wasn't watching the movie, I would do She's Like the Wind, sung by Patrick Swayze. That's my pick, too. <laughs> I love a good like like a good montage song, and it does a great montage of, of him, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, packing up and leaving. It's real sad. And when he pulls out, you know, it's all the dust flying, and she's gone. She is like the yeah. wind. And it makes she's it better like that he's the one singing it, too. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Next category. So scenes to nerd out on. So these are our favorite scenes. I'm going to list the ones I wrote down if you guys have more. I only have a few. First of all, I have just the opening watermelon, and then it leads into like the dance party. Like she's helping him carry the watermelons, whatever. The first dance montage to wipe out. The second dance montage to hungry eyes. The whole mambo scene. So like when she's like actually going to the dance competition. Wait. At the the first time she sings at the Sheldrake Hotel? Or dances at the Sheldrake? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That one. I don't, this isn't necessarily like a 
a scene that's fun to watch, but it is an important scene, just the whole abortion, the botched abortion and everything. Mm-hmm. The cha-cha uh, in dance studio, like the whole lip sync thing, um, which is what you guys just talked about, that part. Mm-hmm. And then just the, the whole the whole final lo- night. I, I'm kind of lumping that together. like the whole You have to. It's a full yeah. event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, any other scenes that I missed? Uh, I have always been a big fan of the log scene when they're doing, that's when she she had just yelled at him about not practicing lifts and she wants to stop helping him uh, and then they go dance on the log. That's another one where um, I think... Are they doing, is it Hungry Eyes? Um, no, they're just talking. Well, it start, uh, what do they start? I don't know what they start dancing to. I think it's Hungry Eyes. No, Hungry Eyes is, is when they're having the lesbian threesome. Uh, <laughs> Which is a very, very important scene as well. Um, when Penny's like her shadow. It's Penny yes, is, they're dancing all three Penny. of them. Oh, yeah. that's right. And it's, I mean, a good scene tr- for a for a young, confused, uh, sexually mm. lady. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the log scene is when they are I know what you're standing. About. It's before they go in the water. To he says the best pr- place to practice lifts is in the water. Then they go dance on the log, and it's just very. Um, he's talking about his childhood and his background and getting into dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I agree with the last song and the whole entire last night. And then I will say a very important scene in my life. I don't know how dirty I'm supposed to be allowed to get on this podcast. Um, but um, I'm intrigued. A young, yeah. <laughs> here, here we go, folks. Strap in. Um, a very young Jana, again, probably too young, had um, probably th- my recollection of my first, I'm going to say stirrings, <laughs> my first um, feelings of, of things during the cabin scene after they get back from the Sheldrake, so they're driving in the car, he watches her change in the rearview mirror, then she goes into his cabin, and she says, dance with me, and then he does some leg lifting. I can't, uh, that's when I believe these arms of mine are playing, is playing. Um, then he ha- lifts her arms over her head and rips her shirt off very gently, and it's beautiful and made me, made me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're welcome, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So <laughs> mine are pretty PG compared to that. But um, I, the, when sh- Baby first witnessed the new style dancing of what everybody was doing in their basements, which the watermelon scene, but when she first realizes what she kind of got herself into by carrying said watermelon. <laughs> and I love her practicing on the bridge when no one's watching. Oliver walking back and forth up to dance class or... Yeah, and that's behind think, the scenes practice. I think a little bit of that, like, it's to it's wipe one, out. Yeah, one of those. The fir- the fir- mm-hmm. That's the first montage, and then I think then it goes into Hungry Eyes after that. Like, there's like two dancing montages right back, back, back to back. To back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so favorite scene, Jana? I, I, it has to be the final, just the entire final show. Okay. From final from show. from hands, hearts, and voices all the way down yeah. to the the lift and and everybody dirty dancing in the in the hall it's hard not to pick that one i actually do like the crawling around their cha-cha part yeah i like that a lot but yeah it's got to be the last night the heath ledger award for scene stealing i think there's only one right answer here but i'll see if you guys pick the right answer megan who's your who's your choice for the the scene stealer i couldn't really pick one i had a hard time with that category really okay well jana who do you got will you do me a favor and maybe this will help megan too the give, answer is Patrick Swayze. No, stop. <laughs> give me a definition. So scene stealing to me is anytime they are on camera. Yeah, it's somebody different they, than Patrick they Swayze. They are the person that you watch, right? Uh, no, that no, you can't help but yes, look at. Yes, no, no matter who. It, does, it could be the main character. It could be anybody. Oh, see, I was looking for somebody that came in and stole it from You're not Patrick's. supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of looked at it in the same way. Um, so that's why I couldn't 
really figure out anybody. Okay, well, if if from the lens of it can be anyone. Patrick Swayze. I mean, it has to be Patrick Swayze. I'll go Patrick Swayze, yeah. I guess. Now, if, it, if, it, if we're taking Swayze and Jennifer Grey out of the equation... I don't necessarily even know who else <laughs> who else it could be. See, that's why one of I them is on screen the entire movie. Yeah, I kept. I was like, oh, was it Billy or or was it S- Newman? Dad, yeah, I could Newman. make an, I can make an argument for Penny. I think Penny, the the actress, and I can't remember now what her name is, and I'm sorry for that. Um, she is very beautiful. I think she she is um, hard to look away from and especially during dance scenes when she is a part of it, I cannot stop watching her dance. Yeah. Um, Cynthia Rhodes is her name. Cynthia Rhodes, thank you. Um Okay, but I, but I think we we agree. Fine. It's, it's Patrick Swayze. Fine, it's Patrick Swayze. Of course it's Patrick Swayze. All right. <laughs> Next category. Dante's Peak. So, let's talk about some some things that happen in this film, some people, and is this is this when they are top of their game? First person got Jennifer Grey. Yes. I think. I mean. I think I, it's kind of got to be. I don't even know if she did another movie after this, but she had Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so you do know her in that. I didn't realize she was in Red Dawn. She's the, she's a, she's a side character in both yeah. of those. I mean, she's a sister in Ferris Bueller's, obviously. But this is when this is like her first major role. She she's she is the I main character. She, yeah. She's second billing behind. This Swayze. was it. Yeah, I think this has to be it. The only other thing, other than the ones you've already mentioned, that I ever knew her from, she's in like. A handful, less than a handful of episodes of Friends. Right, that's and later, and that's, and that's, that's, that's way a, later, that's a and obviously later. not the peak of her career. Patrick Swayze. This is an interesting one. I, I, let me read you, like basically the main things on his on his career. He's done he did a lot of other things too. But this is this is where he's this is like his ascent, and then where he gets to the top. He does Outsiders in '83, Red Dawn in '84. Young Blood in '86, which I'm sure neither of you have seen, but nope, I know for no, no <laughs> I know Lambert's seen it. It is a hockey movie. No, he would have seen it then. He's fantastic in it. I think that's his best role, but it's not the right answer. This is an '87. Roadhouse is an '89. Ghost is '90, and Point Break is '91. I mean, that's a hell of a five-year run right there, from from again from Young Blood, but really from this until Point Break. I I mean. Dalton and Roadhouse is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Ghost might have might have been his peak. It, I, all of them have fabulous different roles. So how can you really? I th- I mean, Jana, would you have an opinion? I, I'm stuck between this and Ghost, um, and I'm not super familiar with all the others, so that might not be a super fair um, assessment. But I mean, you're familiar with Point Break. Don't answer. I that have question. bad news for you, dear. I, okay, let's move on before we. <laughs> I don't need any more ammo to get divorced. Let's not <laughs> let's talk, talk about that right now. I think it's got to be Ghost. You could argue for this too, but I think with Ghost, as far as its worldwide touch, I mean, it it grossed so much fucking money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was crazy. So we'll say Ghost. But I think that as far as like best movie out of this bunch, I, I do I actually like Roadhouse the most. But that's also looking back now, thirty years later. Summer long vacation movies. I've only got a couple nominees for this. Maybe you guys have some more. So this is, again, this is an 87. Summer Rental with John Candy. That's an 85. That's a pretty big one. Uh, you both are looking at me with blank stares. You've heard of The Great Outdoors, yes? Yes. That was also with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. That was an 88. Those are both like summer-long vacation movies. Any other nominees? Well, so I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but this isn't a vacation movie. It's a dance movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But they do go on a long summer-long vacation. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And for dance. To dance. 
It's just really well, I don't. I think that dirty, I, I think dance, in, in that instance, this, this is one of a kind. I don't think they're unless, <laughs> well, unless you count like Dirty Dancing, like Havana Nights. That doesn't count. Well, it doesn't win. Does count. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's probably this. I think I actually I think it's Great Outdoors. Quite honestly, that that, that had a lot of. No, okay. Well, well, I'll just I'll just pick Great Outdoors because you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm you gonna can, say you're you wrong, can, and it's this one. You can How do National okay. Lampoon's right. Vacation. Uh, you could, yeah. I was thinking that. That was a summer, or at least summer vac, or at least European vacation. That's yes, a whole the summer. one, yeah. But that movie well, sucked. Obviously, not Christmas vacation. Sets <laughs> in the winter. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I'm man. blonde, but I I at least got that qualified. <laughs> Jesus, bunch of honorary motherfuckers <laughs> today. <laughs> Next peak. Dante's peak, Summer's in the Catskills. Has it ever been done better? Is this the peak? Okay, now, now, now I th- think about this. Is it is this this film like the portrayal, or is it actually in the fifties when they people were going to the Catskills like a lot? Are you saying did this kind of b- become an advertisement for summering in the Catskills? Do you think that it's it's more popular to talk about the people who went to vacation? in the Catskills or do you think that this movie has more of a long-lasting impression like the lexicon of Catskill summers long-lasting because of this movie yeah. not because of people who actually went and did it back right. in the day this like p- opened people's eyes this was a thing that people this used to was do what, all yeah. the rich people used to do this and go off to this thing they even like have a repri- rep- reprise of it in uh, Miss Mavel Mrs. Ms. Maisel. Ms. Yeah. Maisel. Ms. Mm-hmm. Maisel. She, Ms. Goes Maisel. Ev- she goes every summer yeah and that's actually so, yeah. that's one of the more fun parts of that show so okay is this the peak of dirty dancing i said yes probably I'm, is i would say yes especially specifically stated in that way uh i can't think of any other really great movies that portray actual dirty dancing yes there's a uh what was the save the last dance uh the ballet hip hop combo. Ballet hip hop combo, and I wouldn't even call that necessarily dirty dancing, but that was a, a similar kind of idea of a with girl a who's story. not familiar with this and and gets taught to to dance in a kind of a different way. Oh, well, I was going to bring this up later. But let's talk about it now. Like, are there any other movies? Like, what is dirty dancing now to us? Like, what are what are what are some movies or what are some even like dance styles that we would consider dirty dancing? Like, like grinding in the club. Is pretty much exactly what it is. Fifty, fifty cent. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think anybody in twenty twenty two is looking that, clutching their pearls, saying, "Oh, this oh. is so filthy." So I, I, I don't think there are any dirty dancing movies. Right. They would, now have, it's just, they would have to be naked for now us. Now it's to just dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The quote the raven category. What are our favorite quotes? I've got a couple. I'm gonna kind of make them short. Obviously, we've got the nobody puts baby in a corner. That's the most iconic one. Believe it or not, Eleanor Bergstein and Swayze actually thought that line was really stupid. They, they, they didn't want to keep it in. They're right. It's stupid. <laughs> it's but, the worst. But uh, but apparently he did it, and they were like, oh, we, we got to keep that in. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It is pretty stupid. But um, Here's like a line from Swayze. He says, me, I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of what I saw. That's, I'm scared that's, of... Sorry, that's from Baby. Oh, Baby says this, right. I scared of, I'm scared of what I did, of who I am, and most of all, I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling the rest of my whole life the way I feel when I'm with you. Yeah, of course, that's the Baby. L- the lack of passion that you just read that with is really upsetting Do you want to sing it? You want to you say it yourself? I will not. I okay. probably would have if I've been reading my list, but um, you did it a really nice job, I guess. I was trying to say it quickly. That one with about Baby. Okay. I think I saw him tear up just slightly. <laughs> How about this one? I don't know if I can say this. I can't say this one either. Penny says, oh, come on, ladies. 
God wouldn't have given you maracas if he didn't want you to shake them. Holy shit. That uh, was on my list. The luck, just, the look Justin just gave me. <laughs> there was a lot of shimmying going on if you're recording in yeah. person. This yeah. is <laughs> good thing this is just audio. I practiced a few times for that. Um, this is Swayze. Sorry for the interruption, folks, but I always do the last dance this season. This year, somebody told me not to, so I'm going to do my kind of dancing with a great partner who's not only a terrific dancer, but somebody who's taught me that there are people willing to stand up for other people no matter what it costs them. Somebody who taught me about the kind of person I want to be, Miss Frances Houseman. Hmm. Can I, I? Those are my four quotes. I have goosebumps Can over here. I yeah. was just going to say. Did I say? I said, well done. You did really well nice. Enough. You yes. did a good job. Yeah, yeah, I, so I, I want to mention, I want to talk about that quote. Um, just I think that is a summary of the whole movie. I think it is, it is exactly what has taken place in the movie, and it's, it represents how they've changed, and I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful quote. So that's your vote? No, it's just beautiful. Do you, ha do you have more quotes? Oh, there? I have uh, at least 1,000 more quotes. Well, maybe tell Megan, us, tell maybe us a Ma Megan should go before. Right. I, I, had, I carried a watermelon, mm -hmm. and maracas were my two. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it again just for... Mm. Both amazing. Yes. Uh, okay, I will, I will try to do these quickly because I do have a long list and I may just stop in the middle of it uh, if it gets too long. Um, I did have just put your, you just put your pickle on everybody's plate, college boy, and leave the hard stuff to me. It's a wonderful introduction to Johnny's personality and the class war that's going on within this movie, and it's amazing. Um, <laughs> Robbie says when he, I don't know, baby's yelling at him about knocking Penny up and she spills water. I don't know why she's pouring water or helping him wait tables, but uh, she spills water. And he says, a little precision, please, baby. And um, I just like to use that line in everyday life because it's fun. Um, the thing is, is I can see you using that line in <laughs> everyday life, and that's what brings me joy. It's yeah. how you yeah. can subtly scold a person while, yes. while still using movie yeah, quotes. Yeah, passive aggressiveness. Yeah, I'm really good in at pop that. culture. Um, uh, when mom says to dad during, um, I think it's right after Johnny says, that's Francis Hausman after his nice just speech that he gave at the last night, and dad starts to get up to go, I don't know, fight Johnny or something, and mom says, sit down, Jake. Mm. And it is a perfect line because I think she has not really, she hasn't had to, but she's just kind of been a background human the entire movie. And she's she, been a 50s wife. She's been a 50s wife. Perfect. And she kind of, um, I don't know, she calls the shots there for a second. And you know what he does? He sits right the fuck down when she says it. And it's awesome. Um, all right. Then I have a list of worst lines. Am I allowed to? Sure. Can I do that? Um, I did have some more, but I, we went through those. Okay, worst lines. One from Penny. Go back to your playpen, baby. It's terrible. It's I get it. It's a pun on her name, but I want I cringe real hard. <laughs> um, and then I do have many things to say about Neil, but here will be my introduction of things that I want to say about Neil. Is um, last week. <laughs> Last week, I took a girl from Jamie, the lifeguard, and he said to her, right in front of me, what does he have that I don't have? And she said, two hotels. It is, thank you for that noise, because that's the noise that should be made at really every time Neil speaks. Um, yeah, that's it. And then the last one, when, when Baby shrieks, you're wild, <laughs> to Johnny. It's awful, and I, I cringe real hard at it. That's, that's it. You're going to have to, in the editing part, turn that down a little bit. That You're got real loud. Which one? You're wild? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how she says that's it. That's how she says it. <laughs> All good lines and also terrible lines. I think that, I mean, 
Listen, we're just going to pick the Maracas one because that's the one you guys got most excited about. I do not uh, think that's the oh, best well, what's, well, what's your favorite quote? I'll go Johnny's. I'll go Johnny's speech before they start okay. the last You guys dance. both did get pretty emotional there when I said it. It's a good one. Yeah. So you're saying it. the same thing, Megan? I'll, I'll go with that one. Okay. Yeah. I'll go Maracas. <laughs> Next category, you're canceled. So what do we need to get rid of? This is made. Uh, okay. First of all, I'm going to say nothing really needs to change, in my opinion, Thank because you. again, it's a it's it's a timepiece. So with a lot of these films that kind of are representing a time period, you can't change how things were made or were happening then. So you can't really rechange the movie if you're still making a movie about the 50s. But I do think it's worth mentioning. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm only gonna mention this once today. The whole abortion thing. Not to get too political, but God. What's going on in the world right now? That, I mean, I feel like we just took it. We're taking a time machine back to like fucking ridiculous time. Like, like, like I don't know. I just, it just watching this movie got me real heated about the whole thing that's going on right now in our world. It's fucking ridiculous. So, just wanted to say that. I think this has been my exemplification of when I do have occasional political conversations about uh, the state of abortion laws today. That this is my what I go to. That this is where we will. Eventually head if if uh, if things go the way they're yeah, going. Yeah, for poor mm-hmm. people, basically. Not yeah. rich people, poor people. Oh, no, 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 not rich people. No, they're good. They're, they're exempt. Yeah. Now Next. I, oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, when I because I've been waiting. Now, I would not change the story whatever, whatsoever because history is history. It just needs to be left alone. Mm-hmm. It's how it was. But I could not stand baby sister Lisa. <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> I, her you voice irks me. Her horrible singing, you don't think whatever. She's a good no, I can't do that either. <laughs> with whatever. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I, it, it like it's like Hona fingernails wa- on a chalkboard. Hana, Hana, I, I can't do it. I sing better than that, and we all know my voice is not <laughs> public I, appropriate. I disagree with you about every single thing you just said. <laughs> what? You, you like Lisa? So, did you have more? I do not no. want to interrupt. No. So watching. Now I know. Yeah, please. My <laughs> entire, my, full attention. my entire childhood, I hated, hated Lisa, hated every single thing about her, and she just was attention starved and whiny. And watching it this time, in a more, um, I guess, analysis type of way, lens. I loved her. I loved her. And I think she, um, I also do have, Lisa's voice is surprisingly beautiful, but only one line, and now I can't remember what it is. Um, I think she is a real big product of this rich family, and the they have given Baby all of the attention, and you hear it in the original introduction. It's when, I guess, Robbie and Max maybe come up to the table their first night in the Catskills, it seems. And our baby's going to save the world. And then they say, well, what's, you know, what's she going to do? Well, Lisa's going to decorate it. And that's a smart-ass line from Baby. But it seems as if that is how Lisa has been treated forever. Baby's really smart. She's very philanthropic. And Lisa is just this person who exists. How else is she supposed to be as a daughter and a sister who has been treated just as this second fiddle person? I, I think I said to Justin the other night, it reminds me of League of Their Own when they say, this is our daughter, Dottie. This is our other daughter, Dottie's sister. Like she's just she yeah, just exists. But Dottie's sister sucks though. Also, Kit, is Kit sucks as well. So <laughs> let's not use that as an example. But I do think. But I think that I, I I feel sorry for Lisa, and I think I appreciated her more as a character on this watch than I ever have in the past. Okay. Okay. I will now rewatch it in Jana's eyes. Thank you. And Which give is her weird. A fighting as a younger sister, I, I I don't. It's weird that you you sympathize with the older sister. 
Is she the older one? I don't yeah. know if I've ever oh, known yeah. that age difference. She's um, like in college or something? I don't know. I do have more to add to this category, though. Oh, good. Yeah, what else? What else we change and um, canceling? I, and I, so my whole, I always thought that she was 16. I thought that baby was 16. And I don't know why I thought that because I, like, Justin and I rewound it several times because she's saying in her narration at the, on the, in the car on the way there, she does not say her age. And I thought she did. But then they mentioned later that she's going to Mount Holyoke in the fall. Mount, Mount Holyoke, I don't know how to say that. Um, so we assume that she's 17 or 18, I guess. I had always thought that this was a very inappropriate relationship between baby and Johnny that the age difference was too much because I thought she was 16. And he looks like he's about 40, but I think he's probably supposed to be 25 or so. Well, he's early 20s. We looked up the numbers. He's 35 when he's acting in this movie. Yes, he actually is 35. And she's 27, and she's supposed to be 18. Yes. Or so, whatever, but, somewhere in there. So I do want to take that back. Like, I think their age, I, I don't care about a person who's 18 and a person who's, let's say, 25. Um, I think that age difference is a lot, but I don't think that's inappropriate. Um, but what does strike me is when they are um, post-coital at some point, and he says, what's your real name? And she says, Francis, after the first lady in the cabinet or something. And he says, that's a real grown-up name. Ugh. And it barf. <laughs> I want to barf about it because that's not a thing to say to a person. I don't, it just I don't know, it strikes me as very inappropriate. Uh, and it then is an old person name, though. The thing, it is a real grown-up name. He's not wrong. It just is, a, I don't know, it's almost, it sounds very grooming. Like, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> like, ooh, I thought you were younger. It's, I thought you were way young, but that's a real grown-up name you have. Good job. Ooh, no, gross. Um, but then also, this is something that I would like to change, and I know you said this is a product of maybe the period, uh, Robbie straight up sexually assaults Lisa in on the golf course, and she is storming out while Neil is saying his douchebag stuff. Uh, she is storming out of the woods and pulling her clothing back on and says, Robbie, I don't hear an apology. And he says, go back to your mommy and daddy, maybe something. Uh, it's bad, but then she later is deciding that she still wants him, wants to be with him. And what I'm assuming is to have her first sexual encounter with this person who has That's what she says assaulted yeah. I've decided tonight's night with Robbie. Yeah. No, barf. So that is a thing I would like to change. If this were made today, I would, I would make that, make him be an asshole and a douchebag, but not necessarily rapey. He's very rapey. He's very rapey. Yeah. <laughs> Next category. This is our new title for this. We're calling this Another Spider-Man. Again, so who would be made? Who would be in this film if we remade it today? So same story, but we've got new actors that are portraying it in 2022. We should mention real quick that it was, in fact, already there already was a sequel, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights 2004, which apparently stored or starred Diego Luna. Didn't know that. It was a prequel, and there also was a TV movie musical made in 2017 with Abigail Breslin, and. I'm sure you guys are very excited about this. There's actually a sequel right now in pre-production starring Jennifer Grey. It's supposed to come out in 2024. No. Just leave it alone. Maybe she's the mom or something now, and they're going back to it. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. So who are we recasting today to play Baby? You want me to nominate some? You want to go first? Go ahead. I'll go first. So I could not really come up with decent choices myself. Besides, I do like Zac Efron in a good johnny roll possibly but i found an article where jennifer gray said natalie portman as baby and ryan gosling as johnny okay and i was i was okay with those and i liked sam neill 
for the dad, even though he's a little older now, but I think Sam Neill would be a good backup for Jerry Orbach. Sam Neill is a good cast for that. What year, do you know what year that Natalie Portman, Ryan Gosling uh, article came out? Or, or whoever said that? No, my research is not as <laughs> thorough as the Hildebrand <laughs> research should be. Well, I think that if that's made, I think the movie's made like 15 years ago, that's a perfect cast. I like that a lot. I just, I, I do feel like they are maybe too old if we're remaking. I don't know if directly. Natalie Portman could do it today. Right. But no, Ryan Gosling probably could still pull off a Johnny. If we're, I, like <laughs> I mean, if, if he's 30-something playing a 20-something-year-old, I mean, yeah. If, yeah. It's, like, if we're literally taking it how they did it with the <laughs> first yes. one. You can be yeah. as old as you want and yeah, play a 17-year-old. It's fine. I got a couple of nominees for Baby, and the last one's my favorite. I got a- Anya Taylor-Joy. I don't know if you've seen her. She's the she's in, like, um, Queen's Gambit and a couple other things. She's, like, really blonde. Joey King is another person. I think she's kind of like a younger up 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 and coming. She's got she's got, she's got a very innocent looking face. Chloe Grace Moretz. She might be a little old, but I think she could pull that off. These last two I like a lot. Haley Steinfeld. You guys know who Haley Steinfeld is? Mm-hmm. She plays. She's in Hawkeye. True Grit. She's in True Grit. Yeah. And then my favorite is Maya Hawk. So, oh. You know she's yeah. in stra- she's in Stranger Things. She could be a baby. I actually did look her up as baby, and I don't know what made me decide against it. Um, I but feel like I she could really su- play like the I don't know how to dance. I don't know if she could play the I'm a good dancer, but I think she should definitely play the whole part leading up to like being awkward and, and clumsy and kind of whatever. And I love her as an actress, especially in Stranger Things, but but I can't unhear Uma Thurman's voice. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Actually, I never thought about that, but yeah. I could, I could mind. see. I do think um, when I when I was looking, did you have more? For, that was nope, that you. Those are my nominees. When I was looking up for the recast of Baby, um, which I should say, I do. I pride myself at this category. I think I, this is what I was meant to do: is recasting movies. There's no money in that. I don't think um, for somebody who doesn't have any background in movie doing anything. But there's um, only money in it. But you, not, I'm not for sure me. You're <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's hiring me to right. do this. Um, I struggled with these two a lot because I don't think I'm as familiar with younger actors. So this was a struggle for me, but um, yeah, Maya Hawk. So when I was looking at baby, I was thinking I wanted somebody who was cute, but not necessarily that classic beauty that you would be struck by her immediately. And I like Maya Hawk for that. I think she's adorable, but I don't think most people would be like, Oh yes, she's obviously this, this gorgeous model person. Um, my two that I came up with, I was very upset to, d- to learn that there was that remake made the musical with Abigail Breslin because she was first on my list. And I'm like, well, this has already been done, so she can't be my choice. Kiernan Shipka, and I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly. Uh, she was in The Daughter on Mad Men. She also plays a very side character in um, Kimmy Schmidt, Un- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, she's, I, she's Sabrina, the teenage she's, oh, witch. She's, oh, I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> so she, I think, is cute. And what I did look up is she is a classically trained, I believe, ballerina. So I was trying oh. to look at it as somebody who could definitely dance. Uh, so she was my choice, but I think I do like I like my hawk, too. All right. Good. We'll go with my hawk. Johnny, Johnny. Who could we recast for Johnny? So I got a couple, and I was trying to look at like the again the ages. The first couple are they're maybe a little too old. I think Hemsworth and Henry Cavill would be, you know, the brooding. Sebastian Stan, I don't think is. I, I think he could maybe pull that off. You guys know who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My favorite actually, and this is going back to Stranger Things. I I think no. Doc Doc Ray Mar- Montgomery. That was mine, and it's apparently pronounced Dacre. Dacre Montgomery. 
Get, you know who that is? Which one was he in? He's, um, Billy the Billy, Billy the, brother. the brother. Oh, okay. Oh, he could be Johnny. So I looked for bad boys yeah. who are cute enough, and, and he apparently, I don't know if he can really dance, but he has some um, TikTok things going on now where he's just like dancing shirtless, and maybe that was how he auditioned for Billy. So he can dance at least enough. All right. What? But he was my choice. He could be Johnny. Did okay. you have a different one, Megan? No, I just went with what Jennifer Gray Okay. Did. <laughs> I did not do a lot of in-depth oh, research yes, yes. to this. Okay. All right. The last recast I, I was, was for uh, Jake, was for Dad, and... The, I came up with three, and I don't really like the first two. I'm not even saying. I'm just gonna say the one I liked the best was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's my that's my nominee. What do you got, Jana? He was another one that I chose, but then got rid of almost instantly because I think he is too attractive. But I okay. had, and so I would be okay with that one if that's what we have to do. But um, I had Brendan Fraser and Nathan Fillion. Hmm, interesting. I like I like Nathan Fillion. I'm not sure about Brendan Fraser. I think he's I, I could go Nathan Fillion. I I was looking for somebody who could play the calm, supportive dad, but also the very stern, kind of angry person. And um, I think yeah, either one of those would do a good job. And Megan had already said Sam, Sam Neill. Neill, who I think I think Sam Neill is actually really good. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I was pretty proud of that choice. You should good be. One. All right, next category: to stream or not to stream. So is this better as a TV show? I just put no. No, as far as I went. pretty cut and dry. And I, think I think it mine's could. in all caps. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. So I was serious. I was going <laughs> to say, I think it could survive as a TV show. It would just be, just we said before, everything just happens really quickly, but I think it would just be more drawn out, unnecessary background stuff. Yeah. So yeah, It'd I, be like a CW show. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Like a, no. Like, a tr- like every season is like the next summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to watch that. Next category, tomorrow is another day. So what happens next? What happens next? What, what happens the next right. day? I can only hope Johnny and Baby ran off mm-hmm. and are together somewhere happy and grew old together. I knew Megan's was going to sound exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Mine does not sound exactly can, like I, that. I, I was going to say, we can go like, I think there's three we paths know Megan's here. choice and we've got everybody the really else's happy, choice. Yeah, we've got the really happy <laughs> Megan choice, which is the happily ever after. I'll give you like the super like sad choice. Not even sad, but like. How could this like make a take a left turn? Like I think that might be oh. Jana's. Well, you do that, and then I'll, <laughs> I was going to say she mine's gets kind like, of a happy meeting. I was going to say she gets knocked up, and then like this is just oh. like real bad. I mean, it shouldn't be bad, but it ends up being like a really scandalous bad thing. Ooh, that's the that's the real negative path. What a sequel! What's the straight? Is she going to go down the same path that Penny had to go? Mm, oh my! Whole another twist. Yeah. What's what's the more like m- All right, happy so medium? Mine there? is I will say somewhere in between there. I said I think I think what they have is more lust than love and like a really good friendship. I do think, but I think he more just kind of idolizes her. So I think after the scene where everybody's dirty dancing in the main hall, um, I think they try to stay in touch. They say they're going to do it, but she goes off to the college, Mount Holyoke, in the fall, and their relationship fades pretty quickly. But, but. They are both changed for the better because of each other. Johnny has a more positive outlook. He's aware that people make sacrifices for others, and and he, I don't know, just develops a better, a better personality that way. And I don't know how she's changed. I guess now she can dance, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pro- that's what they that's what they lead us to believe is yeah. what's going to happen next. That's the, kind of the whole point of the movie, right? I think. All right, next category, the nerd facts. So just a couple things kind of behind the scenes. This was filmed in only 45 days, and it actually was filmed at 
Mountain Lake Lodge in Virginia, as well as a boys' camp in North Carolina. Not actually in the Catskills because, well, they had a pretty small budget. They just couldn't afford it. Um, yeah. In the original, Johnny Castle was actually Italian, but he was changed uh, because Swayze was not Italian. All right, here's some fun casting potentials. So we talked about like who actually got the roles, obviously. Adrian Zemed. Do either of you know who that is? I know him from Grease 2, so okay. obviously. I don't think I've ever I heard that name. Is he the main character in Grease 2? He's the main T-Bird oh. in Grease 2. Wait. He's Johnny. Isn't it Johnny in Grease 2? The Australian? He's Johnny. The Australian guy? The cousin? Oh, no. The main T-Bird. Oh, the skinnier little guy. Yeah. All right. I got to look him up. Go yeah. ahead. He's also in Bachelor Party. He's like Tom Hanks' best friend. He's the guy planning the whole thing. He was uh, considered because he, he did like a whole show on uh, like network television, like Dancing with the Stars. or so. I don't even know. It wasn't that, but it was something like that. Benicio Del Toro was also one of, the, one of the finalists. But the final two were Swayze and Billy Zane. And I can't it, see Billy Zane. Well, you watch the casting of them dancing. He's pretty pretty rough. It's bad. Yeah, I can't. He's not a, he's not a good uh, – he at least what, what's shown on screen was not very good. For the females, uh, Winona Ryder and then Sarah Jessica Parker was actually the, the, the finalist with uh, Jennifer Grey, which – I kind of get it. I mean, she was like, that was like Footloose. You, you, yeah, you were saying Footloose. you watched Footloose. She was kind of in that with dancing and whatnot. I'm glad we went with who we went with, obviously. I do think she could have done a fine job. I know that the internet likes to make fun of Sarah Jessica Parker's looks, um, but I think she's similar, like what I was saying with Baby, I think she's not this not supposed to be this classically gorgeous person, but I think Sarah Jessica Parker does that. I think she's cute, but not. Well, especially in her Footloose days when she yeah. was rusty, she easily could have been a yeah baby version. Yeah. This was a movie. This movie was originally rated R, which really could have, I think, screwed things up pretty, pretty good. But they they cut out two like scenes that were considered too sexy or even like more sex going in it, and they were able to get it down to a PG thirteen rating, which definitely helps viewers. We talked about a sequel. Swayze was actually offered six million to reprise Johnny for a sequel, but he said no because he wasn't a fan. He's not a fan. Was not a fan of sequels, so he turned it down. Um, more about Swayze. We already talked. He wrote the song. She's like the wind. He sung it. Um, love that song. He also insisted on doing his own stunts, and he injured. He had a really bad knee, apparently, and he injured himself during that log scene. He also, if there's a whole documentary that shows him like doing that jumping off the stage part. Again, this is all him doing it, but he kept hurting himself. And I, apparently, the last cut, the last take that he said he could like physically do is the one they ended up using in the movie, which is you know pretty interesting. The song I've had the time of my life, even though we didn't vote for it, it was voted number 86 on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Songs. So top 100 songs from a movie <laughs> is that one. You guys you guys, uh, you guys, agree with that rating, ranking? I, I knew it would make top 100. I'm going to say yeah. I agree with it being in the top yeah. 100. I don't know where I think it should go. I'd have to list a lot of other songs, to, but yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's very notable, very uh, memorable. I think when people hear that song, they think of this movie. So I think that yeah. makes sense. Everybody tries to do the lift. I mean, how could you not? Here's I some know I'm physically <laughs> incapable of performing <laughs> that. Well, that I mean, so talking about the lift, obviously that's hard to do, like not in water. But they even that part they were doing in the water when they were filming it, it was 40 degrees in the water, and they couldn't do any close-ups because apparently their lips were all blue and they were like just completely freezing. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. And then. Um, 
This part made me crack up. Many of the dance scenes were actually done to a metronome because they didn't have <laughs> any of the song rights. So I just picture, like, all you hear is, yeah, that clicking noise back oh, and forth. Wow. As they're, like, doing these choreographed dance scenes, that, that'd be pretty rough to do. <laughs> and lastly, this is the first film to sell a million copies on home video. You know, Vestron was putting all their money behind it to make sure people bought the VHS copies of it. Um, all right, next category, inner nerd thoughts. So did we learn anything? Anything, any questions? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start out light. What's Billy doing with all those watermelons? I don't, do you guys know the answer to that question? Why does he have four watermelons? Got to be feeding the dance people. That's, there's, there's eating watermelon yeah, slices? Yeah, they're just eating watermelons. And it's an awkward tagline. An awkward thing to carry, an to make it an awkward thing to carry. <laughs> um, I, I was just like, what is he doing with all these? I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. I ha- can I add on to that sure. real quick? One of my one of my uh, three question marks here is Billy's job? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? What does he do here yeah. at this resort? Yeah. So he is always. If you watch, similar to the old couple, the Schumachers lingering around, he is always lurking. He's in most of the scenes and just standing there, uh, not dancing. He's also making appointments for Penny's abortion with the legit doctor. Um, he's, he is at the ready with the Bill Medley time of my life record when Johnny decides he wants to come in and dance. He's just there. I thought he was related to Johnny. He's their cousins. Cousins. They're cousins. But what's he doing? I don't know what he, I don't know what he's paid for. He's carrying watermelons, DJing, making Penny's appointments. Yeah. He did have an odd, yeah, an odd role, I guess. (laughs) So I know this movie is supposed to be about like classes, but I, I, I just kept watching. I'm like, so so the dance instructors, they're like the lowest of the low, but like the servers are allowed to just to sex up all the the ladies and, and, and romance. I mean, they even say like go out and romance the ladies, like the servers. They're like the gigolos, I guess. Because and they, then the guests are obviously at the top. That's just, just a weird like power dynamic to me. It is rich white boys who are, I think they're um, on summers from college. And I think that is okay. that is probably Max Kellerman is only hiring the rich white boys mm-hmm. on summer from college and and go ahead and entertain all these young girls. I just thought it was a weird it weird take. Weird. I would think they'd all be on the same level, like they're all serving the rich people. The dance people are very hired help, very, very well, clearly very below. But they're obviously more talented. I don't know. That was I just mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a weird weird class structure. They're <laughs> also not as r- around as much as. I mean, yeah. the servers are there every meal, every day, Yeah, every activity. I, I know, but, but I they're would like, still would pick dancers over. Yeah, they're like the talented ones. They're like having all these like activities and they're teaching people like, you know, ball, classical dances to like the mamba and all. I mean, I don't know. It was weird. You guys have any thoughts while you're watching this? Anything that stuck out? I have a lot more class comments. Okay. Um, just so Neil, 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 I have written here. Neil is the fucking worst. Um, but then I, when a, a friend at work, thanks Anthony, shout out, uh, told me that Robbie is actually the worst because of the rapiness, so I had to concede that point. But every time Neil is on the camera, it's the worst thing, and I hate him so much. But, so I have, he says, I think it's him that says, no, 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 this is Robbie says, some people count, some people don't. Um, Neil thinks that he is the highest of all the people. So it's Max Kellerman and Neil, who I think is his nephew, maybe. He does fancy himself to be higher than the guests, Hausmans. He, I think, the entire time treats Baby, even though Baby is from a nice, rich family, she, he treats her like hired help. He even uses her as a very specific prop 
uh, for the magician, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she's getting sawed in half. And also when they're talking about the uh, the final thing and he says, oh, I need you for props, baby. Like not a question of you're going to do like, are you? Do you want to? He just uses her like she is his own hired person. Um, but I think he thinks that his, the ranking is the hierarchy is Neil or the Kellerman's Hausman's and the rest of the guests. And then obviously, um, I guess the waiters and then the dance staff would be the, the, the lowest of the low. Makes sense. I just think it's a weird, it's just a weird, it's a weird take on class Mm -hmm. and society. And I think obviously if this is being remade, we should mention there's most likely going to be a little bit more diversity, I would think. Well, I disagree with that. You don't think so? Go ahead, Megan. Or maybe, I mean. In this time where everything is being changed because of. This is 1963. Yes. Like. we're changing football names and everything else like in the oh, this, in, you know, this no, time this time right in the now. world that we're in <laughs> that I don't see how you could not make dirty dancing a little bit more diverse but again it's based in the 1950s it's how it was it's how it uh, history has changed and we've grown as people like it should just stay I thought it was weird like you've got like the dancers and there are some people of color in there but they're just in there dancing at night and they're they have I guess that maybe is how it would be they had they did they weren't allowed to work or they weren't working at these resorts I, w- I thought maybe they'd at least be hired on in some capacity but maybe I'm just completely off on that well I'm sure they were more of a housekeeping type of staff in the 50s if I had to guess mm. So you're not going to actually see it as part of the I'm movie. I'm surprised they didn't like touch on that at all. But no. I, they, I mean, they were they were they were dealing with a lot of other issues, I guess, throughout the movie. I think yeah, this is this is 1963 is peak peak time for um, just hu- racial relations um, and human rights and whatnot. And I think hopefully, if this if I like to think that if this were made even or made to be five years or so later, that then maybe there would have been some changes with more uh, people of color who are actual guests and oh, e- even even some of the rich waiters um, and and probably I, th- I think the only I think the only way as it stands in 63 is maybe have more people of color on the dance staff but I really don't think that these fancy white boys were going to allow anybody of color to be the the guests or the or the respected staff hmm. any other thoughts Oh, I have so many, but I, I will not say all of them. We'll say a couple. Say of them, some of them. Uh, okay, so I do like. I think there is a beautiful symbolism of uh, Megan. Or you guys talked about the the two songs, the montages where Baby's kind of just learning to dance. And I think I love watching her clothing during that time. And I think it's the symbol of a, symbolism of her becoming this, you know, privileged privileged girl who's here with the rich people toward becoming maybe more of a member of the dance staff so she's she's in her cute little cardigans and uh skirts and then she gets on some jean shorts then at some point she's in a red i think bathing suit and she's putting on lipstick Mm -hmm. um i think watching it just watching her clothing change from beginning to i'll say middle or near end is uh i think very symbolic um i want to know where her family thinks she is all the time at the only time she says that <laughs> it's when they're going to the Sheldrake Hotel to do the dance poorly. Um, she asks Lisa to cover for her, say she has a headache. But there is no other time in the entire movie when she says anything. So she's just missing 
all day doing dance class. Or no, she's there's another time where she says, "I'm I'm gonna go." I heard they're doing charades. It's the day that it's raining. It's when yeah. they're raining. Quite the little joiner, aren't we? And that's it. And then she just disappears for hours on end. Which maybe that's maybe they're just off doing activities. Maybe. It just I, nobody I, seems I, to I, know. I can't think. I, I think this is the, now because of the 21st century with phones and whatnot. I just I can't imagine going somewhere for a whole summer and every day you're just like, let's just go do charades with a bunch of people. Let's just go. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I never did a summer camp, I guess, like this, but just a, just a weird thing that people used to do. I don't know. That's why you got to hook up with a staff member. That's I would think that's they just be banging <laughs> all the time. I guess that's what I would have done. No, it was amazing how New York just seems to shut down come yeah. memori- Memorial Day. Yeah. Right. It's just like, oh, there's nobody left in the city. Good luck finding your doctors. Yeah, everybody's doctor visits gone are for not the next three the months. <laughs> What a fun thing. Um, you got more thoughts? Yeah. I'll skip some. Um, I think the – I want to see – I think something I'm left um, wanting is the entire final show. I want to see all of the acts specifically – Not Lisa singing. So, uh, especially Lisa singing. <laughs> we got to see her her practicing. I think that was plenty. Um, when she – when it's uh, – okay, I'm not going to sing it. Um there's a part where Mo, so we can talk about Vivian for a moment, who was kind of Johnny's little side piece before Baby came around. Um, her husband Mo is like a card shark who only comes up on weekends. And there's a part where, so he's in the final show and he's wearing a pirate hat, and somebody comes up to him when he's playing cards, like, "Oh, it's time to practice for your part. I want to see what Mo the card shark was doing. What was his, <laughs> what was his role? Did he sing? Did he dance? I need to know. I need to know right now." I picture him doing like one of those stand-up, like the one-liner stand-up comedy shows. Maybe. Take my wife, please. Ah, ah, ah. That's probably what he did. Maybe. Um, okay. And I will make these the last two. I just love that your brain works like that because not once <laughs> did it ever cross my mind of what Mo was doing. Me neither. In the final show. I need to know immediately. <laughs> I right. still don't know if I have I desire like, to know. I was like, Mo. get to the song, man. I, yeah. I, I, I need to. I need I'm to, ready I need for the see. lift. Yeah. <laughs> so I. So at the very beginning, I think it's when Billy is talking. It's after right after I carried a watermelon and Baby is seeing the Dirty Dancing for the first time, and he says, Billy says to Baby, "Can you imagine them dancing like this?" in the in the main hall um i said max kellerman the owner would shut the place down first so then that's really wonderful at the very end when now they are in the main hall doing their dirty dancing but i have two things that happened during that time which struck me as very funny one there is there are two older women i will say elderly women dressed in furs and that's jewels yeah she throws her and shawl she off throws that back. shawl and starts grinding and it, it's amazing and i laughed really really hard at that and then another one, at the very, very beginning, there are two children. I will say children. They look to be maybe 10 to 12. And they are the most proper dancers at the very beginning that you oh, could ever see. That's and they, right. they dance, and it's every step. You can tell they've been classically taught by some instructor how to dance the proper way at this summer at the Catskills. Um, and they turn and clap, and it's the most adorable little fancy thing. And at the very end, the two of them are dirty dancing together. And it is precious. I, and I wrote cute detail. That's all. All right, I can I can be done. Yeah, I'll erase that's the a good way. That's a good I way. I like to, those. It's a good way to end it up, actually. And so our, our kind of final category is overall impact and some some numbers here. It was about four point five million for the budget. It grossed two hundred fifteen million dollars, which is a lot of money. I mean, compared to how much it <laughs> cost to make, that's insane. It was the highest grossing independent film at the time, and it was spent nineteen weeks as number one film in theaters. 
it w- did win an award. It actually won an Oscar for best original song for the song I've had the time of my life. So that was that an original song written for this movie? Uh, apparently it wasn't a song that had been released. Okay. And it was just a song, I guess maybe maybe it had been written, but it wasn't actually like nationally released. And so I guess it qualifies for original song. So it was written by Donald Markowitz, John D. Nicola, and Frankie Previte. Previte. Previte? Previte. For the song, The Time of My Life. So here's my final final question, final thought. Where does this rank kind of in like the lexicon of films? Like what, what kind of lasting impact do you think this thing has? Do people like today, is this a movie that they go back and watch like younger people or is it just for our age or is it for older people? What do we think? I'd like to say younger people start to watch it. I mean, cause anywhere you go, if the song comes on, you see somebody trying to perform the same dance or <laughs> singing along. So it has to be, one for the ages. Mm-hmm. I think there. I yeah. I think this is what this is why John Lambert's the worst for not participating with us in this because I I do think <laughs> it's easy to watch as um, with nostalgia, um, but I think even watching it, trying trying to watch it just for research purposes for today, a new lens. It was I think every single every single thing about it holds up. It was still just well done and uh, I think there are political topics in there that are still relevant obviously or at least relevant again um, yeah I think I, I hope that young people are watching this me too and that soundtrack is just banging I, I don't I don't know where that ranks as far as how many soundtracks have been sold but man there are some freaking fantastic songs in there it just does a great time of like telling us about the the time period and then some of these songs just are just incredible. I, that's where that's what gets me. The whole storyline is amazing, obviously, and like the class structure, and it does have a lot of like lessons in it. But shit, there's some good songs too. All right, well there you have it. Dirty Dancing, 35 year anniversary. Kind of wrap this up a little bit of nerd outreach. First of all, I'm going to say thank you to both you two ladies for joining us. Megan, thanks for ditching the husband and coming here and and <laughs> and telling us a lot about your. Uh, your your love of dirty dancing this is your yeah. idea too yes it was i'm as much as i didn't want to do the research for it i had a great time and i'll <laughs> j- go ahead he'll never hear it but thanks to john lambert for staying home with siona so i could be on my podcast yeah that's right let's let's make this happen more often yeah <laughs> ditch that guy and thank you to my wife for uh putting up with me and for coming to do this because i know you reluctantly were kind of not forced to do it but maybe a little bit of forced i was voluntold yeah that's how Ooh. that's how we did it. Well, okay. you did a great job, and but and thanks for all your thoughtful insight. Thank you. This was this was actually fun. I was I was uh, dreading it, but this yes, I've actually very I've enjoyed my time. Very fun. Unnecessarily stressed out, <laughs> but thank you. We love all of our listeners, so continue to rate us, share us, etc. We've got um, you know obviously all of our 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 audio episodes are on all where you can find all the podcasts. We've also got YouTube channel for all of our nerd bites and nerd takes. And uh, our next episode, we're going to be going back to another movie that has an anniversary coming up. And this is going to be for The Fifth Element. Classic late 90s movie with Bruce Willis and Chris Tucker. I will not be here. Sadly. (laughs) I know you guys are depressed about it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to pass on that one as well. (laughs) But please let me know the next dance movie or 80s movie. Yeah, maybe we'll break out... Save the Last Dance. That seems like a Megan movie. That's 
definitely a Megan movie. Tick, tick, boom. You know? Tick, tick, boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, until then, uh, this has been Nerds New Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Bye-bye. We can talk as much shit as we want about Lambert right now because he's not going to listen to this. Don't so let, don't let the outtakes no, be that's, a no, beautiful that, Lambert that, that, bash. Keep this Here's in. what else is wrong with him. Keep this in and make it be a funny joke that he'll never know about it, but everyone else <laughs> will know about it. Pat or everyone else who listens to it, all the episodes, they'll, yeah. they'll be in on the joke. Don't tell him we're talking this shit about him.